Okay, guys, welcome back to the Bread and Butter Podcast. I'm super excited to be back. Thank you for coming back. Um, from what I see on social media and from when I talk to friends about what they're up to, I just get this feeling that we're all kind of having a rough go. Everyone is sick. I feel like everyone is super busy. It's negative a million degrees and we're all trying to be busy while we're sick. So I hope you're staying warm and safe. COVID, I feel like is running rampant right now. So please do what you need to do to feel safe. I know that I've kind of gone from feeling a lot more casual about the pandemic, which that fact in and of itself is kind of the worst, to feeling like, okay, wow, like this is still around in a big way. We're still in a pandemic. We're still doing this. So that can be kind of scary. So I hope, like I said, that we're all just doing okay. As far as what we've been up to, we've kind of just been trying to get back into things with school for Trenton. He's back to all in-person classes, so that's kind of been an adjustment. Like, we were a COVID wedding, and he's been doing mostly online classes since we got married, and I work from home, so Benny and I really miss seeing him to eat lunch with us every day, but we're all soldiering on. I have been lighting lots of candles over here lately, trying to keep my spirits up. I'm really trying to lean into, like, this cozy aspect of winter. You know, I, I feel like I've talked about this before, but why do we stop doing all the cozy fun things after Christmas? I don't know. So one candle I've been lighting multiple times a day. Here's why. I found a candle called laundry, a fresh laundry candle. I didn't even know that was a thing. I saw it at Bath and Body Works and I felt so seen. Is anyone else obsessed with the smell of laundry? As a kid, I would be like intensely sniffing dryer sheets while my mom did laundry. Before I get too insecure about sharing that, I will just leave you with my high recommendation. The candle smells amazing. I need to find a better place to put it though, because it's currently in my kitchen and it can be weirdly disorienting to walk through my kitchen and be like, okay, my whole kitchen smells like fresh laundry. But yeah, it's been insanely cold. I've also been doing a lot of rice packs at night when we watch our show or if we're going to bed because I am constantly freezing. Rice packs also really make me take note of how selfless of a person I am because I love Trenton so much. But if he ever asks for a turn with a rice pack, like, how dare you? And if I ever do voluntarily share, I am the next Mother Teresa. Okay, let's kick this week off with our segment, shall we? It'll be brief today, still noteworthy. A want. As I've been trying to come up with my want this week, the only thing I can think of is that stupid line from the notebook when he's like, what do you want? And she's like, it's not that simple. And that's kind of how I felt a lot of the week. I kind of write my outline at little odd times kind of throughout the week, throughout my days when it comes to me. And so far, nothing has popped up. So I'm not going to force it. None of my wants have been coming to me. So I guess my want is that I want to understand the hype behind the notebook because hot take, hate the notebook hate it. In the depths of COVID, Trenton and I watched The Notebook with one of my younger sisters. We were expecting it to be so good because there's so much hype. It was literally terrible. Weird writing, weird story, weird concept. Personally, didn't think their relationship was that great anyway. They swung so many extremes. If I had a little sister in a relationship with a guy like that, we'd have a long chat. So there's my hot take on The Notebook. Don't hate me. Next. Okay, eat. Oh, I've been dreading this part, but it has to happen. I don't know how to pronounce this word correctly. Cornichons. Oh, I hate myself for that. Cornichons? Cornichons. I don't know. If you don't know what they are, they're tiny little dill pickles, like baby, baby. My whole life, I've always loved anything pickled, 
but I could never get on board with like the huge cucumber sized pickles. I had one at Disneyland, the huge ones. I was expecting to love it. And I think I even said that I did love it. I was kind of confused about it though. And looking back, I really don't think I loved it that much, as much as I wanted to. I feel like I'm mature enough now to know that if I'm going to eat a pickle, I want them super tiny and crunchy. If there is any kind of mush factor, no, I'm not doing it. It's not worth it. The other thing I've been adding to those to make it a little bit charcuterie-ish is these sharp white cheddar cheese sticks. I've been getting them from Winco and then I'll add some smoked almonds if I'm still needing a little something extra. And another thing, crispy cheddar garbanzo beans. A lot of you are probably like, cheddar beans? Goodbye. But hear me out. I haven't been loving like eggs and some other protein things I usually have lately, but I've also been like still trying to make sure I get enough protein throughout the day. So I've been eating a lot more beans and I know that sounds weird and I cringe thinking about all of you with a 12 year old sense of humor like me snickering about what must be happening because of all the beans I've been eating. I get it. I can't blame you, but my digestive system is actually doing really good. Has no problem with beans. I grew up eating a lot of beans, so I'm just used to it. My favorite bean has to be chickpeas, garbanzo beans. And lately I've been air frying them up with some cheddar cheese powder that you can get to like to go on popcorn. And it's my new favorite. By the time they're done, they kind of taste like goldfish. So I'll eat them plain or I'll put them on rice, whatever. Okay, watch. I have to be true to myself this week because it has been a Gilmore Girls week. Me and Lorelai and Rory have been hanging out every day this week while I work, and I have a grievance to air. If you don't watch Gilmore Girls, the only thing I have to say to you at this point is that this won't be the last time we talk about it on here, so you might as well watch all 153 episodes right now, get it over with, so you can hang. I want to rant about Dave Rogowski. If you're not familiar, he's Lane Kim's first real boyfriend. They play in a band together, and then they start dating. It's amazing. Everyone is loving it. And then Dave hits the road and no one knows where. Where the heck does this guy go? I know that he goes to college, but obviously that's just a way to get him out of the story. So I've been wondering where he went and why. I did a little research. Turns out he left for another show called OC, which I've never seen. We'll probably watch immediately. Hopefully it's good. But that still doesn't make up for the fact that they replaced him with Lane's later boyfriend, Zach. And for what? At this point, just let Lane be a single, independent girl in a band. Zach is just not even as close to a good a boyfriend as Dave. I hate to say it, but Lane settled hard. I know that Zach loves her. They have the rock and roll thing going. I love that for her. I'm just not about it. Dave is a hundred times better, hands down. He's sweet and he's smart. He reads the whole Bible in a night to be able to take Lane to prom. How many of you had high school boyfriends who would have read even the first chapter of the Bible so they could take you to prom. That is totally unmatched. He plays at all of these family parties for Lane's mother so that he'll, so that she'll trust him. <sighs> He's just the whole package. I wanted that for Lane. The only cute thing Zach ever does, in my opinion, is when he looks through baby pictures of Lane with her mom. That's it. Okay, I need to move on. Read. I'm still reading Big Little Lies. Still really liking it. It's kind of been giving me the same vibes as The Help lately, kind of diving into like the drama that can happen in like really niche tight inner circles, which is interesting. Still liking it. Okay, done with our segment, hopping into today's topic. Today's topic was one that I really was not sure would work, 
but I have been thinking about it so much. I just really wanted to try to pull it off and you guys really came through for me. So thank you for that. I wanted to talk about all of the funny little stereotypes, but also like real things that kids have depending on their place in the family. Like if they're the oldest, the middle child, the youngest child. As my own family has been growing up, more of us are adults at this point. It's been really interesting to see how we're all turning out, how our dynamic is, how it changes, how it stays the same. I feel like you kind of can't see the different roles that you and your siblings fall into when you're kids. But as soon as you get older, you start to see them more and more. And to me, it's just kind of fascinating, sometimes hilarious situation. So I asked you guys on my Instagram what your experiences were. I'll be sharing some of mine. I do have one disclaimer before we jump into it. This is not a dig on parents. It's meant to poke fun at the funny little cliches that sometimes seem to happen in a family. I have amazing parents. I have incredible in-laws. So Turnit has incredible parents as well. And I'm not a parent. So this is just a fun thing. This is not really even a commentary on parenthood. More like just generalized dynamics I remember created among the kids themselves. That being said, let's start with the oldest kids. Oldest kids, how are you doing? Are you holding up okay? I am the oldest child, so I'll try not to make this entire episode about me, but oldest kids, I just want to say that you're killing it, mostly because you are probably a type A personality whose favorite color is blue, and then secondly, because your love language is probably words of affirmation, and you probably needed that. If that's the case, you'll probably get a kick out of this. Let's be real. You really do deserve some respect on your name. You came first. You had to brave the field before anyone else. And yeah, you might have gotten to like ride shotgun your whole life, but you were also the first one to do a myriad of uncomfortable things to start off with. You were the first one to go through puberty. Just to attest to the true horror of being the oldest child going through that process, I still have deep-seated issues even saying the word puberty. I'm not proud of it. By the way, my parents did a great job always being open with me and answering my questions. We are a very open household. But still, I was so humiliated when I started, like, shaving my legs. My siblings don't even blink an eye. We can, like, all joke about stuff like that now because they're all, like, confident and cool about it. Like most normal people should. It's not a big deal. And I'm still, like, in the corner trying to make a joke about it so I can, like, fit in and be casual. But, like, my eye is twitching. You know, I'm still having a hard time with it because it was that traumatic to be the first one to have a school nurse hand me a stick of deodorant at the same time as 20 other kids. Whew. I also remember having my siblings see, like, acne on my face and ask my mom why I had a rash. How's that for a 12-year-old's esteem, huh? Another oldest child thing that I think is so funny is that so many of us oldest kids really grew up thinking that we were highly gifted children. Maybe we learned to read a little earlier and our vocab was probably a little bit extra because, you know, you're always hanging out with grown-ups. But if you are a first child who ever had the word gifted associated with your name, we need to go to lunch so we can talk about it. If you are the oldest and no one ever called you gifted, do not feel bad. First of all, you probably scored higher on the ACT than anyone dubbed gifted. Second of all, you probably had a little easier time learning how to do your taxes. It was a dark day when I realized that my status as a second grade upper level reader 
was not going to help me understand what a deductible was. So another fun first child thing that I take full advantage of is the bragging rights. Oh, no one can top you. They can dream. But who was there for all of the OG traditions before they were even traditions? You were. Who had to suffer the most? Because when you rolled around, the only way that you could watch a movie on a Friday night was if you rented the VCR from the video store. You did. You were there for all of the failed camping trips before your family decided that you were not a camping family. No one comes back from that without major bragging rights. Let's see. On a more serious note, I had a listener write in that one of the hardest things about being the oldest was to see your sibling go through some of the same things that you did and wonder if you weren't a good enough example. Absolutely. Yes, I can relate to this. I'm self-deprecating by nature, but as soon as my sisters were teenagers, you can bet that I wish I could take back so many self-deprecating things that I said about my body or my outfits back. That's real for sure. Oh boy. Another thing about being the oldest is that you may have grown up thinking that you were really edgy or bad. Like, not like a bad person, like bad, you know? I wish, I I should have asked everyone that responded what, like, that were the oldest, something that you thought was really rebellious, but really was just so tame. Because I feel like when you're the oldest, you kind of don't have anyone above you teaching you how to be an actual rebel. I was thinking about some of the things that I did, and I feel like I'm really exposing myself here. But at one point in my life, a cup of noodles were a deep love of mine. They were kind of reserved for when my mom was super busy, so we didn't get them as much as I would have preferred. In all of my badness, I would just stock my room with them and just heat up the sink in the basement to the right temperature, put it in my cup of noodles, enjoy the cup of noodles in my room. I want to gag thinking about it, but there it is. Maybe we'll do an episode down the line where we can all confess all of the dumb, rebellious stuff we did that we thought was so bad, because I feel like that would just be so funny. Next grievance, fashion choices. Do not get me started. One listener wrote in about being the oldest. She says, no one told me that teal and army green don't go together, not even my mother. This one is so funny to me because I feel like in my family, I get made fun of a lot for the odd pieces that I like put together as a kid or as a high schooler, okay? But you can bet that my younger siblings now are always looking fresh. I feel like the oldest of us, if we're kind of in a similar age range, our choices for fashion were extremely limited. And I dare say, this is bold of me, I dare say we may have been living in the most bizarre fashion era ever. I know. I know the 80s gets a bad rap, but unless you lived in the 80s and have worn a mint and pink chevron maxi skirt that goes down to your ankles or preferably your toes so that it covers the ballet flats that you're also wearing, don't come at me. Now I feel like my siblings have Pinterest, Instagram, they have all these cool thrifting sites. I had Aeropostale, we had layers on layers, and we had plaid Bermuda shorts, okay? So I'm still bitter. Okay, another listener wrote in, I wasn't allowed to drive the car until I had my permit. My 12-year-old brother has already driven. This is funny. Being the first to drive is such a flex when you're the first one to do it and you feel the sense of power. 
until, you know, you come home one day to find your 12-year-old brother back into the garage. Just not cool. Okay, a couple more hard hitters I wanted to mention before I moved on to middle children. Oldest kids, you probably have had a really refined palate for most of your life because you are the lucky cuss who got to stay up with the parents in the good old days and eat their fancy food. I'm willing to bet, as an adult, now you probably gravitate towards more kid foods because you tried them later in life and you're like, Pop-Tarts? These are amazing. At least that's kind of what has happened to me. Okay, you were also probably the first one to phase out of Santa Claus. I think it's time that you admit you were a little too reckless with the power you held when you learned that information. You should probably apologize. And I'll end for I'll end with some love for the oldest kids. You're not bossy. You're assertive. And you're always right. Okay, middle children. As fascinated as I am with oldest children syndrome because I am the oldest child, I think the position that I'm most interested in is the middle child. I need some of you middle children to explain more about this to me. Because when I think of the middle child, there's kind of this cool... I feel like it's kind of shrouded in this kind of cool mystery. At the same time, I kind of think of like absolute chaos. I don't know. I can't explain it. I'm still kind of trying to figure it all out. I feel like the middle child gets a bad rap. Or maybe not a bad rap, but I feel like people always feel sorry for you. Like, why is that? First of all, it's not your fault. You happen to fall between the oldest and the youngest. In fact, you were the peak of your parents' childbearing years assuming that the whole situation is a bell curve. You were the best work they did. Why don't more people point that out? Second of all, most of the responses that I got from middle children were something along the lines of, I got forgotten, or I don't really care that I'm a middle kid. Like, it's cool, I'm cool. And there are so many, but there are so many weird middle child jokes about being forgotten. In some ways, I used to wish that I was the middle child. Because, like I said, I feel like middle kids have this coolness. It's like a street credit. It just cannot be fabricated. In fact, I actually feel like middle children are in the ultimate place of power because they've weathered the storms of dealing with psycho older sibling stresses. Like, if you're a middle child, maybe you got bossed around, but now you're not phased by them. You can hold your own, like, not just in the family, but in life. I feel like it's a real thing. Another thing that you have going for you is that you have also been able to occupy a place of power over the siblings below you, assuming you are, have at least a family of three. If not, you're out of luck, and then, like one of you guys wrote in, the cat was the really the only part of the family that you got to tower over. On the real, though, I feel like kind of jealous of my sister who has the middle place in our family because she got to watch me through, go through high school, so think of the landmines that she will be dodging. At the same time, she also gets to be older sister to her younger sisters. How cool is that? I can't think of a better gift, honestly. The second most common thing that middle children wrote in, and I said this already, was I didn't love it growing up, but now I just don't care. And I love that. I feel like this illustrates the sense that I have that middle kids are honestly thriving. We need to give them more airtime. Here's my petition for middle children to get more praise. Second in command is almost in command. Your oldest sibling may have been captain of the ship growing up, but you were first mate. And we all know that first mate could totally be captain if they wanted, but they're just humoring the captain, right? Okay, the next one. Not gifted? No problem. I do not mean this as a dig. Hear me out. 
why do I feel like the sibling just beneath the quote gifted older sibling is either A, just as gifted but less stressed about it, and B, just really cool with being themselves whether or not they test as, you know, gifted. Maybe I'm up in the night, but a lot of middle kids that I know honestly are out there thriving because they just seem to not put a lot of pressure on themselves to be the next Bill Gates. I just want more energy like that for my own life. Okay, youngest, where are your baby pictures? Where are they? We're fairly sure you had a first birthday, so where are the receipts? I'm just kidding. I'm sure all of you have really darling baby pictures, and I will say this. My youngest sister had so many pictures taken of her because by the time she came around, all of her siblings were old enough to want to take pictures of her. So it wasn't even just my mom. I dare say she may have even gotten more pictures taken of her than some of her older siblings. Another question for my youngest kid listeners. How many times did you sneak out? Okay, I'm going to rephrase that. How many times did you just feel like meeting up with friends to do something reckless in the middle of the night and the only response you got from your parents as you walked out the front door was to come back in through the garage when you were finished? Is this a thing? I feel like it is and also isn't. I feel like the baby can swing both ways. They're either a wild child and their parents just don't seem to care. They're honestly pretty relaxed. Or I feel like they're an absolute angel. They don't really even need to be monitored and they wouldn't dream of doing anything rash because maybe they've just seen all of their older siblings do it. Like when I was a kid, I had my younger brother push the trampoline underneath my second story bedroom window and I was like perched on the windowsill ready to jump before my dad happened to like walk around the side of the house and was like, um, absolutely not. But just think about my youngest sister seeing that and being like, no, I'm not about that. My husband is the youngest, and maybe it's just his personality, but he tells me stories of how one time he was acting out, and all his parents would have to do is think like the silent thought, maybe we should discipline Trenton, and he would just straighten right up, right away. Another issue that I got wrote into about frequently that I want to offer some sympathy for is that as the youngest, people might underestimate you and call you the baby of the family. How many times have you heard, yeah, they're just, they're definitely the baby of the family, I feel like we gotta stop that. Like, what does that even mean? Are we aware of the weight that the youngest siblings are carrying around just because they were born last? Here are some things I feel like we need to be giving youngest kids more credit for. Okay, first one. Keeping traditions and sibling things going as your siblings grow up and move on. This has gotta be hard. When you are the last of the sibling gang, I imagine that there's like a lot of maintenance to be able to be patient with your siblings who are growing up faster than you and maybe they don't want to participate in family traditions as much, here is my message to you. You're doing good work. Do not let up. Your older siblings might think they are too cool for family game night, but they're not. Okay? Another thing I admire youngest siblings for. I feel like having older siblings is all fine and well, but it does take a certain level of tolerance and patience on the youngest child's part to let their older siblings be good older siblings. I'm telling you, the number of times that I have been making dumb faces at my siblings while they speak at church or are like trying to play their sport in the middle of the game and I'm on the sideline just being dumb or making faces, but they put up with it. I think we say to older siblings, oh, what, you know, what a good older sister you are. Your little sister or your little brother is so lucky. Here's what I think needs to happen. We need to normalize saying you are such a good little brother or sister. You put up with a lot and you do such a good job letting your siblings be good older siblings. I'll tell you what, if you are an older sibling and have a younger sibling, I promise that even though everyone is like, oh, they worship you, whether that's true or not, 
they still remember all of the times that they had to put up with your crap. Like I had a listener write in that her Barbies were just always going missing because of her brothers. Let's not forget that when girls have like amazing older brothers, that the little sister in them had to let go of all the times their toys were stolen or destroyed. Like little siblings let go of the times that you didn't include them or made them feel dumb for being little. And they're choosing to bypass all of that so that you can make amends and be a good older sibling now. That, that's pretty big of them, in my opinion. Okay, another thing about youngest kids that I find so funny. You probably get to do a lot of things way before your older siblings were allowed. Ear piercings, you know, certain ratings of movies, whatever. And that is something you should tote proudly. Like when your older siblings complain about it, and they will, you just get to sit there and smile and nod. What are they going to do about it? Nothing. Okay, another thing. You have to put up with everyone. And this goes for middle kids as well. You have to put up with everyone being like, oh, I loved your sister or your brother. Or, oh, they gave me so much grief in this class. Don't take that. Forge ahead. Make your own trail. Maybe your sister sucked it. I don't know. Geometry. You don't have to. Get a double A plus in the class just because you can. Okay, some more responses from people who are the youngest said. And this one I had to share because it kills me. I'm the youngest child, and my whole life, until I was nine and my oldest sibling moved out of the house, I had to sit on a stool placed at the corner of the dining table because there weren't enough chairs for me. When my oldest brother went on his mission, I was really sad, but I remember saying in tears, at least I don't have to sit on the stool anymore, on the way home from dropping him off at the MTC. (laughs) Have you ever heard anything so pure? Just picture this cute little girl who's been sitting on a stool eating her dinner for nine years. First of all, Have any of you ever tried to eat while upon a stool? It's not for the faint of heart, I'll tell you that. And she's like trying to find the silver lining in the situation. I'm telling you, we did nothing to deserve younger siblings. Okay, one person wrote in, when the older siblings all moved out, all the chores fell to me. And I don't like that for you. The same listener also said, though, that they did enjoy the perk of being super close to their parents. And I love that for you. Here is a quick side note. I don't know why... Well, I do know why. I know that everyone's situation is different, and I understand that boundaries are what make the world go round, but I think that if a close relationship with your parents is possible, and if that's what's healthy for you, there is nothing better. It is not uncool. It is actually the coolest. It really is. So I hope that all of you youngest kids have really amazing relationships with your parents. Fast forwarding to when I have kids... I hope that I can like channel the energy that I see so many parents give to their youngest kids to try to balance out like the baby Einstein mom energy that I know will be coming out of every pore. Like the moment my first child says something that sounds remotely like a word. Youngest kids, my final words to you. You add so much to your family, so keep soldiering on. You may always be the baby of the family, but whatever, be whatever kind of baby you want. Okay, don't let that stop you from going for things or living your life. And guys, thank you so much for writing in. If I did not read yours, I apologize. I read them all and I loved them. But that's it for today. I, if you ever want to be more like participant in these episodes, because I will have more episodes where I ask for stories or comments or opinions, go ahead and follow me on Instagram. It's Brecky J. Simmons. Um, But that's it for today. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to my voice, tell jokes to myself. If you liked today's episode, feel free to share it with a friend. If you really want to do me a favor, I would love if you would take two seconds to leave a review. That's how we'll be able to kind of grow this audience so that we have more pals to giggle with. So if you do that, thank you in advance and I'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.